So the theme of the day is a surprising God, fanning into flame the gift of God. Um, and Hope will be sharing a bit about what that means a bit later. Um, so the first reading is Philippians 2, verse 1 to 11. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Um, Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one in mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of each of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Um, And the second reading is 2 Timothy 1, um, verse 6 to 14. This is why I remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gift of God gave you when you laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but but of power, love and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gave you, gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because he was but because that was his plan from the, before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Saviour. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher and apostle and teacher of this good news. That is why I am suffering here in this prison. But I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard this precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Um, Yeah. Well, good morning. I guess you're getting used to these interviews by now. We have a surprising God, and faith has a surprising testimony. Hope. Hope. Faith <laughs> just did that. Hope has done that. That I was joy. I, I knew it was going to be one of those mornings where we get it all mixed up. 
Merv, that was joy. That was joy, was it? Yeah, oh, there's oh, there no faith. <laughs> but we have faith. <laughs> anyway, should we start? Should we pray? Father God, we ask that you would guide our words this morning, that your spirit would be here and that through the... Um, just through the words that we are going to hear from hope that you would let your spirit loose among us so that we can learn from what she has experienced, what you have brought her to, where where you're taking her to. We ask that as this word spreads, we also would be sent out. In your name we pray. Amen. So... For those who don't know, this is Hope Style, our little play on words before. Well, we had to get somebody, somebody laughing somewhere. Um, <clears throat> and she's got a rather remarkable story. But before we get into your story, I would like to just explore a little bit of what brought you to this point. So can you tell us a little bit about your faith history, the influences in your life, the things that have shaped you to who you are today? Um, So as Merv said, my name's Hope, and uh, I'll just share a bit of what's led me in faith since I was young. So I knew about God since I was young and had the privilege of learning about God from my family. But over time, as it probably is in your life as well, it's a journey of fanning into flame the gifts that God has given me. So I had the privilege of always knowing about God. Um, my dad being a pastor and uh, my mum being an example of what it looks like to live out the Christian life. So those things were always very normal in my life, I would say, being able to go to church and read the Bible and pray and being able to discuss um, faith questions at home. Uh, At primary school, I didn't have too many Christian friends. Uh, There was one friend that was open to Christianity And I had opportunities to answer her questions about faith and her questions about Jesus. And I think that was one way that God helped to uh, solidify the faith that I had just by being able to share answers to questions she had. Uh, As I entered my teenage years, though, I didn't really have many Christian friends as well. I went to a public school and I occasionally went to those youth camps and... Um, you know, came to church all the time, was trying to read the Bible, but I think just not having the Christian friends at my age really made me feel a little bit more like a Lone Ranger Christian because you do need people around your age who are going through uh, similar things in life that you can share life with. And so uh, I also, in this time, put a lot of effort into perfecting my studies at school and my grades, so I'll come back to that theme uh, later. But when I went to uni, I got to this stage um, where I was really hungry for Christian community and for learning about God, and I early on stumbled upon a group called Evangelical Students, uh, which I'll now refer to as ES. So E is for Evangelical and S is for Students. So ES. So I ran across this group called ES and I met a staff worker there. Her name was Emily and she told me about some uh, activities this club did. They do weekly Bible studies and weekly Bible talks. 
I thought, I'd never really heard of this group. What are they on about? Are they a proper Christian group or are they a bit weird? So I cautiously, cautiously went along and to find out um, what uh, activities they did and if they're a normal group and what does evangelical mean? Um, so, so what does it mean? Yes, that's a good question. <laughs> I wonder what? if I'm going to get to this later. I think evangelical... Uh, yeah, for me means a strong focus on the importance of God's word in our life, that it has uh, authority over our life, and um, it's a revelation of what God wants to say to us. I think it also means uh, a focus on this is good news that we do want to share to other people, and so that can be in various ways. It doesn't have to be a traditional way or a signpost in the market kind of way. But just using the gifts that God has given you to show people around you um, what the good news of Jesus means. And that can look really different in everyone's life. Um, yeah, so that's a couple of the things that we yeah, hold to. I did warn you that I would jump in with questions. So Yes, Merv's got some scary questions in his back pocket. So, <laughs> um, so I went along to this group. So... We, I went along to something like this. This is a uh, typical ES Bible talk. Uh, I was surprised to find, you, you'll see in the photo there, there's a lot of Christians who were around my age at the time when I was going to uni, and they were genuine in their faith. They actually wanted to learn and dig deeper. Mm -hmm. And there was older students that were leading Bible studies that I went to. They were sharing their testimonies, and uh, these students were helping to run camps. So I got to see their example. Um, in the uh, time that we would have together, we would also pray for our non-Christian friends and for opportunities to share Jesus with them in some way. And uh, that staff worker that I run into, Emily, she also helped me to run an event uh, because I was working with Allied Health or studying in Allied Health. Um, she helped me to run an event on caring for your friends with depression and so there were a couple opportunities for me to practice serving and also, um, yeah, learning about my faith with people my age. So uh, I think uh, at ES also was a time where I really understood the full extent of grace, even though it's a concept that we're all maybe quite familiar with, uh, the idea that someone gives us undeserved kindness, and that's in Jesus. I don't think I quite understood the full extent of that until I went to this group and it was explained in a way that was really helpful for my age and stage of life. And so I, I really recognised that no matter how well I did at my studies or tried to perfect my life or how good I was being, uh, we can never measure up to God's standard of perfection. And that's okay because we have Jesus. And I think that was a real time of really owning my faith and understanding what it means to be um, adopted into God's family and uh, that we're not saved by our own works but only through faith in Jesus. Um, and so then, <clears throat> well, that was at uni. So you completed your degree mm. and you, your degree is? Uh, I studied pharmacy at uni, yes. So you're, you're I, a chemist? Yes. Yes. Beware, the chemist. Um, yes. So you dispense all those 
I call them drugs. Roz says to me, you can't say in the morning, I'm wearing my drugs. <laughs> doesn't sound right. So you, that's, and that became your career? Yeah, so I, I finished my pharmacy degree. So um, finished uni, I went into the workplace for three years and uh, that was good. We did the drugs, yes. <laughs> or, yeah, <laughs> it was good. I, I think I enjoyed helping people with their health. And often that's a very vulnerable time for people uh, where, you know, their health is not going right and that can be scary and frightening and people might not always be sure of the outcomes. And so uh, that's definitely an area that I was able to step into and hopefully be a kind and loving presence in a um, vulnerable time in their life and provide helpful information about their medicines and uh, reassure them. Um, so that was good. So you've got this successful career. Mm. You're doing very well. You're earning lots of money. You're accumulating wealth and all that. <laughs> you're not doing that anymore. So what is there? Was there a significant moment or a significant event along that life when you're when you're doing this a very helpful career? I mean, a lot of people would say that you you are serving God. As you described, by helping people with their medications to understand what's going on in their life, but you've changed. Mm. What, what is there a significant moment or a or a series of events? What what led you to change? Because we know I'm letting the cat out the bag here. She's left this wonderful career mostly. So would you share that with us? Yeah. I think something significant happened while I was at uni and it was a seed that was planted and it's kind of being fanned into flame okay. now. So I might just focus on a time when I was at this Christian group at uni. I was asked a very tricky question. It was at the end of my first year of studying pharmacy at uni and I'd loved these ES activities uh, but the rest of the time I had my head in textbooks and uh, one day that staff worker, Emily, asked me if I wanted to lead a Bible study group in my second year of uni, and I was sitting on it for so long, not being sure if I could uh, hold both of those at the same time. Can I perfect my studies and also lead a Bible study group? How can I do that at the same time? So I was sitting on it for so long that the staff, Emily, caught up with me again, and she asked me this question... Uh, why do you need to work so hard at your studies? And I was confused. <laughs> I thought, um, that's an obvious question. Don't we need to work hard at whatever we're doing? Don't we have to just always do our best? And I think that's something I'd always done in school and it, it had worked for me pretty well so far. And I was trying to serve God by perfecting my studies, but I think my perspective was limited that I would always say yes to study and that meant naturally that's you're saying no to other good things that God might have for your life. Um, so looking back, I'd say I idolized my achievements instead of putting God first above everything. Uh, there's a passage I want to share from Ephesians, which I think this undoes some of my thinking about uh, doing very well at my studies. So Ephesians 1 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, I'm not sure what that says to you. I think for me, it undoes the foundation of my perfectionism. If God chose me before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, it's nothing about what I've done, uh, nothing that I've done either to honour or dishonour God or perfect my studies or not, or if I lead the best Bible study or the worst Bible study, or whether I work as a pharmacist or whether I work in ministry, uh, it makes no difference to God choosing me because he did that before creation. And so, yeah, his, his love for us doesn't depend on what we do. So in the end, I decided to lead a Bible study group and it was the best decision that I made that year. And that was one of the key points of, ah, maybe there's something in this that is really um, sparking life for me. Um, so this is an example of after one of those kinds of Bible studies that I started leading, but this is one now that I'm helping to run in this ministry job. When we, when we started, I'm going to take you back a bit. The, the two passages of Scripture mm. that Joy read out, <clears throat> you chose those. Mm. And there were some words in there that I'm going to... I talked to you about this the other day. There were some words in there that, that I asked you about. I'm going to ask the question again. There, there's a, a couple that you said to me when we prepared for this that uh, being humble was important to you. And the passage was in, I think, in, uh, was, we read was, instead he, instead he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave. And then again in uh, verse 8, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. And I asked you the question, I'm going to ask you again, what do you understand by being humble? What is humble, being humble to God, what does that mean to you? Yeah. I can get the passage back up here. Uh, it was this one I picked from Philippians, and it really astounds me every time I read about Jesus who had everything, giving up everything for the sake of us. Uh, like you said, he, it says here, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, in verse 6, but rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Um, so I think following Christ's example is so important for the Christian life, it's probably not going to look like being humbled to death on a cross. Uh, that was uniquely what so Jesus had to do for us. We can expect you to go out the cafe and turn mm. over some tables and things. Oh, yes. That's what we should all do. That's humility? <laughs> I think not so much. <laughs> so what does it mean? Yeah, well, let's explore this word a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I think it actually, the word humility for me strengthens me to live uh, for God as I look at Jesus' example. I don't think we can just be humble in ourself, uh, but as we look to Jesus who humbled himself, um, that strengthens us because we know of the love he gave for us. Mm -hmm. And he did so much out of humble service for us to lay down his life for our sin. And so whatever we do to serve God is out of response for what he's already done. Um, so, yeah, that's what it says in verse 5. In our relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. 
So it might not mean doing exactly the same thing, but having the same mindset yeah. of putting other people's interests above yourself and knowing that because we're walking in God's strength, it's actually God who's working through me, yeah. not myself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good explanation. Um, so you're in this new ministry now. Tell us exactly what has happened. So you've, you've given up the high life, the Ferrari's out the door, and you're doing something very different. No Ferraris, though. No Ferrari. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, back to the story. I think as a pharmacy student, I really enjoyed, um, as I said, learning to lead a Bible study. It was so good seeing how I can grow together with my Christian classmates and peers. Uh, we did things like uh, going to camps, if I can get a photo we went to this campsite in Normansville, which is beautiful rolling hills, particularly in December. If you've gone, you might know. Um, so a campsite called Dintari, and a chance to worship God and learn from the senior staff at this Christian group. Um, during that time, there was also a few people in their mid-twenties who'd finished uni worked for a bit, and then come back to work as a ministry apprentice. And so I saw a few examples of, ah, what could that look like possibly for me? And as time went on, some of the ES staff encouraged me to think about doing a ministry apprenticeship at some time. Uh, so that was just rolling in the back of my mind. I have this ministry option. Um, it's a two-year program where you get mentored and trained in ministry and... So I just had that ticking away while I went about my pharmacy things. So like I was saying before, I then finished my studies and went to work as a pharmacist for three years in the hospital. And yeah, I said it, it was good. It was good. Uh, we do get to help and serve people and love people like Jesus in that workplace. I think uh, it got to a point, though, where I had to either progress in pharmacy or sort of choose something else. Uh, particularly in hospital, they want you to progress and always further what you're doing. So I had on my hands two options, which were sort of equivalent, a two-year pharmacy training kind of program or this two-year ministry apprenticeship back with this group that I was a part of. And when I thought about what I wanted to do more of, I just wanted to spend more time in God's Word and more time thinking about what does evangelism mean? Because that doesn't always feel very comfortable to me. Um, after I graduated as well, that ES staff kept catching up with me. Emily kept catching up with me to help me think through what a ministry apprenticeship might look like, uh, timing, how to get paid to do ministry, uh, if there's part-time options. And she just kept me thinking about what does it mean to live life in light of eternity? What does it mean to make the most of the time that we have here? And I think in the end, it's just a desire that God has placed in my heart that uh, that ES experience over time had just helped to fan that into flame and having some older people encouraging me in that as well really helped. Uh, I wanted to go back to the Timothy passage from the readings. Uh, this is the passage about... Uh, Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, who's pastoring a young man, pastoring a church. And he's trying to encourage, encourage him in uh, 
living out the gifts that God has given Timothy. So Paul says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of Paul's hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. So I think this really speaks to me, and it might speak different things to everyone. Um, depending on the gifts that God has given you, it's a, a, an invitation to fan into flame whatever gift God has given you. Uh, for Timothy, this was preaching at an early church. Uh, for me, it's meant stepping away from pharmacy full-time to try ministry. But for you, it might be whatever gift or passion or hobby in whatever area you're already in uh, to fan that into flame. And I think fanning into flame, a flame needs something like wood, it needs oxygen, it needs some fuel. And so that means not letting it dwindle out and actually using that gift that God has given you. Uh, and as I said, it can look really different depending on your whatever's happening in your life and your gifts that God has given. Can you see that the, the energy that's coming here, the passion, the enthusiasm? Wouldn't it be great if we all had that? Yes? We're not asleep, are we, out there? No. <laughs> okay, so how has this changed you and your perception of life, but also how has it changed the impact and the, you know, the interaction you have with other people? Because I think I can see a change already. Yes. I've been wrestling with a few things about how ES ministry work has impacted me. I think uh, spending more time in God's word will always ignite a lot of joy and passion about what God is doing. And I don't think passion comes from you. It comes from God's word and from spending time um, in God's word. Um, as I've wrestled with a lot of questions, something else that's impacted me is just Realizing that God doesn't need us, he probably would do a better job without using us for his uh, work in the world. You know, he's God, we're a limited human, we have our own capacity and we have our strengths and weaknesses that he has to work with. So God doesn't actually need us, but he chooses to use us in his work in the world. Uh, and so that's actually quite comforting uh, a passage there that really encourages me, if that's next, is skip through this bit. Uh, from Corinthians, this is a memory verse that I've found really helpful as I start ministry. And this is talking about um, uh, Paul uh, doesn't actually need to be the one getting the fame for what he's doing with his early churches. It's actually God. So he says to the Corinthians... Neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Uh, so that's really helped me and humbled me as I've started ministry and also comforted me, knowing that uh, I can do the best I can do and I can be faithful, but only God makes things grow. Yes. Where are we up to here? Um, um, how can we take part in your... I mean, this is exciting stuff you're doing. Sorry, my, sorry. Lindsay, this is exciting stuff that you're doing um, and a lot of us are saying oh I wish we had the courage to do this and some of us are too old to have the courage to do it like you're doing it and if I went to uni that would look at me and go well who's this antique anyway how can we participate in your ministry how can we support you and 
What can we do to help you? Yeah. Because we are the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, I'd love for you to partner with me. That can look like a few different things. I'll just skip through a couple things I'll come back to in a second. Oh, so I've got, I know next weekend uh, on Sunday afternoon, I've got a supporters afternoon tea. I know we have a few other church things that afternoon, like the AGM, uh, but the formalities will start at three o'clock. And so, yeah, hopefully if you're able to come, you can. It's at St. Bart's Church, Norwood. And uh, today I've shared a bit about how I've gotten into this uni ministry. And on that Sunday, I'll be sharing a bit more about the stories that I've uh, really found a blessing as I've started ministry. Uh, I thought I might just share a couple of those stories now to give you a little taster of what I'll talk about at this afternoon tea. Uh, I'm wearing this particular T-shirt for a reason. Um, It says, No, Grow, Tell. It's the same one I'm wearing in this picture, actually. So this is reflecting some of the ES aims. Uh, To know God, uh, to grow in our relationship with God, and to tell other people about him. So I wanted to focus on uh, a tiny story for each of those words. So for knowing God, uh, there's a couple of my students' non-Christian friends who've been coming to Bible study groups uh, in the first term, and they've really loved getting into passages of Luke about uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000, Jesus revealing that he's the Messiah with his disciples, um, Jesus at the Passover and how that links to the original Passover in the Old Testament, and, yeah, about what it means that Jesus has died and risen again. So non-Christian friends have been at these Bible study groups and been wrestling with these kinds of questions. So that's really encouraging mm-hmm. that ES helps people to know who God is and who Jesus is. Um, for the grow point, um, for people who already know about Jesus, we give them opportunities to be trained to lead Bible study groups. So I'm training three Uh, uni students who are also studying in allied health how to lead a Bible study group, so they're growing in that. And for the tell section, this is probably the most encouraging one, Um, we have Easter stalls at ES and stalls along the year to try and share a bit of what God's doing at topical times in the year. So we set up a table, we give out some Easter eggs, we ask a question like, what does Easter mean to you? And uh, we always try and get students to come and help with this, just to practice what that might be like. So I asked her first year if she would be willing to come and help. And she's a bit on the shyer side, uh, but she said, oh, I'd love to give it a try, even if I'm just watching, and that's all fine. So she came along and uh, was a bit on the shyer side at the start. But as time went on and she could watch uh, me and the other staff um, giving this a shot, she got a bit more confident in yeah, giving people out Easter eggs, saying Happy Easter, saying we're the Christian group on campus. And after the stall had happened, she said uh, this message to me. She said, thanks, Hope, for that opportunity. It was really helpful to watch and engage. I'm still very shy and trying to get more confident, so I really appreciated that. Um, so that was a really great way of someone just taking the next little step of telling other people's of Uh, about Jesus and so that can look different um, no matter what student I work with. So that's a bit of what I'll share at the afternoon tea if you're able to make it. Uh, The other ways is 
uh, just prayer support. So I send out roughly monthly prayer emails sharing about a couple of highlights and challenges from the last one or two months. And I do try and print them, and I've got some at the back of the church um, today if you'd like to grab a printed copy. Uh, But I would love if you're able to pray along with those. Uh, Praise God for the good things. Pray through the challenging things for me. Um, Yeah, it says in Ephesians 6, to pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers and for all believers everywhere. And pray for me, that's Paul as well. Ask God to give Paul, um, at the time, the right words so he can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. Um, So we see that in the Bible that that, um, pattern of prayer partnership and praying for God's word to be boldly proclaimed. Uh, So that's the second way you can support me. Uh, The third way is also financial partnership. Uh, I've got some little financial uh, partnership cards at the back as well um, on top of my email, so you can grab either of those. But part of this ministry apprenticeship that I've started involves raising half of our wage. So ES supports half, and then we raise half of that wage. Um, So that's a total of 45000 over two years. Um, And whatever donation is kindly received um, and I really thank you for the people who've already partnered with me in in this way as well. Uh, So whether that's a monthly donation or a one-off, that's always uh, really appreciated. Uh, And I invite you, if that's something that you're willing and able to do, um, not giving out of what you don't have, um, please prayerfully consider that and uh, feel free to grab a support card which is at the uh, back table in the cafe or you can come and have a chat with me for more details um, after the service. Okay, and remember that the women of Jerusalem supported Jesus' ministry financially. It's in the Bible. Read about it. Any questions? Do you have any questions at all? Yes. Yes, very early in the talk you said, when I was young. What do you mean by that? (laughs) (laughs) I just had a birthday yesterday, so (laughs) when I was younger than that. Well, thank you. Um, in one of the in Second Timothy, um, the texts that you chose, Second Timothy, you said uh, in verse eleven it says, "And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, a modern day apostle, and a teacher of this good news." And I think, from what you've shared um, with us this morning, He certainly has chosen you. Uh, and so, going down then to verse thirteen and fourteen. The faith and love that you have in Jesus Christ is obvious and through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, carefully guard this precious truth that's been entrusted to you and spread it with everybody. So can we pray for you and then we will thank you with applause. So if you'd like to pray with me for hope, just hands toward her, that would be wonderful. Father God, we thank you. Um, for hope, we thank you for the words she shared, the passion for your word and sharing it that she has shared with us this morning. Let your Holy Spirit fill her, strengthen her, prepare her, guard her, 
and just let her feel the wonderful joy of your love as she shares with the people at uni. Father, just get, let her go from strength to strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you thank her?